My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library. And Kay, I'm back on my bullshit. It's costume time again. Oh dear, what... What is the occasion this time? Bears, bears, bears. It's bear season. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out more about these about these bears. And even though I haven't found any yet, and even though the only evidence that I've seen of them is the bear traps that you've left around. Yes. And even though that you mentioned grizzlies and even black bears can be, can be a little problematic, I remember how skittish I was about uh, 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 the Viliboraptors and yeah. how great that turned out. Because they're my okay. new family now. Yes. Right? We're, I'm besties with Guinevere. I made them a, a, a sort of habitual empire up on the rafters. They're scared a few of the patrons, but yes. Look, it's a circle of life. That's the problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I've... eating in the library. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're bookworms, right? Well, yes, those are fine. Yes. Okay, so there's there's the circle I mean, the, of life. There's a circle of life involved in there, because we use the lead cores for typesetting. Circle of life. And so probably the bears, whatever they are, they're probably mm-hmm. part of that. And I can probably befriend them with the same ease uh, and and effortlessness. Let's, let's hope so. And, yeah, yeah. So I think I think just like with uh, uh, my infiltration of a Libraptor society, um, step one should be costumes. The the appropriate. In historically speaking, putting bears in costumes has not really been a clever move. You know? No, no, me. Oh, you. Okay. Go Why on. would I? I can't even find the bears. Well, Keep yeah. up, Kay. Okay, I'm trying. To, I'm just like making sure that like you don't go places you shouldn't go, and I'm not just talking about aisle 25Z. I didn't know that there were letters on the aisles as well. It's like a spreadsheet. It happens when you go deep enough into the library. I want to show you. So um, I'm actually standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, we have giants as well. Is there another infestation? Good Lord. <laughs> have you ever heard of a Canadian gentleman called Roy Hurtubees? I don't think I have. He's he's also known as the Bear Suit Man. Oh yes, him. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the uh, titanium suit made to so he could go out in the wilderness and fight bears. I believe. Well, no, just or fighting just, not the objective. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was exactly the same goal that I have mm. to essentially infiltrate bears and to be able to hang out with bears. And bears like to sort of they're a little rough yeah, and tumble and true. they like to do a little horseplay. And if you're a, a, a fragile, soft boned human, you just come apart at the seams as soon as they uh, yes. uh, give you a little wax. Tough love. Yeah. Well, they're you know they're big strong animals mm, yeah definitely um and so he had a he had a variety of uh, exosuits each of which he rigorously tested one of the tests was uh, rolling down a hill yeah one of them was getting slammed in with a tree trunk i believe yes after uh, the incident but yeah. so each like he made it up to up to mark seven all of which were like privately funded and i think it was uh, before the age of gofundme yeah. uh, he has regrettably left this uh, left this world and we are the poorer for his was, absence was there a bear involved in him shuffling the mortal coil i don't believe he has ever actually uh, tussled with a with a bear he was yeah. he was a responsible scientist and okay. engineer but he would like Provide the the uh, the empty suit to some bears to, to right. play with. And okay, Let's see, just see how it holds up. I mean, I've seen footage of a guy who literally has a pet grizzly. Whoa! What was the polar bear? One of the two. Uh, either is, he makes you think like, nah, I'm not sure how clever an idea it is, but yeah, it, yeah. it just tussles and rolls about with it in the backyard, and they're they're they're, they're fine. The bear apparently knows. What he, what it can and can't the, do. The, yeah, oh. Of course, that's one that was hand raised as a, from a cub, so. Now, that is kind of what I, what I want to, uh, uh, what I want to grow toward, but so. so and don't go stealing bear cubs, their mothers get really upset. Is this a reference to something? No. No, okay. It's just generally, generally good, generally advice. good advice. <laughs> hey, for the readers at home, this is your PSA. Don't steal bear cubs. Yes. Their mothers don't like it. And I should warn you, if you spot a bear rug somewhere, I don't have any bear rugs. 
So wait, that, oh, oh. So that's probably a drop bear. Oh, they come in from the northerlies. Yes, that's the one. As we learned from Oglaf. Very good. Sometimes I have a window open and, you know, they kind of blow and in. And, and one it. of those drop bears just sort of... That's the one, yeah. Oh, I want to meet one. They're probably really cuddly. They do tend to try and chew on your head if they manage to drop on top of you. Which will be fine once I'm wearing the... Uh, the Mark the, 8. Yes, well, the Mark 8 is... I mean, it's a... It's Mark interim. Interim model, yeah, okay, maybe let's let's call it that because I think the basic structure. If you'll just if you'll stand back or come around the corner, yeah, if you'll stand back, here we go. I think the basic structure is really quite impressive. You can it see is. that it's got a, a it's, lot it's of massive. Yeah, what's, what's exactly. it made out of? Yeah, okay, so toilet roll and paper mache at the moment, but no proof of concept. Just okay, a proof of concept just to get the design because look at the mobility in the, oh, yeah, in the elbows. Amazing. I am worried about maybe there's too much mobility and maybe a bear grabs and twists it. I off. like the hand extensions as well, so I'm giving Thank you the big finger things. Yes, I was I was very pleased with yes. those because also toilet rolls, but you know it's still yeah yeah, yeah yeah. Well, you know it's very heavy. I don't I don't have any like powered servos or anything. No. So and making it out of lead probably wouldn't work very well either, simply because a bear would just go like oink 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 and kind of bend crush. it. Yeah, yeah it's and like, crush. Yeah, it's not really got Let's the structural integrity. Me. Plus, it would be even heavier. So, do you have any ideas for for a material? Because I think the, the basic design of the Mark Eight is okay. The cardboard's out. I mean, it already is cardboard. I mean, you could like use the old the, the metal L frames from Ooh. the archival racks. I mean, they already have the holes drilled into them for convenient uh, uh, connecting. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. Okay, okay, so that that makes like the exo frame, yes. sort of like Ellen Ripley in Aliens. Yeah, it's pretty much like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll be great. I don't have any yellow paint though, but that's. I'll work something out. Mm, yes, you usually do. I, yeah, thank um, you, thank you. So it still needs some. Cladding, though, because the uh, uh, right. the power lifter get you from was away sort from of the open bears. Framed. No, I get that. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think to... like what we could use to get you to protect it from bears. Um, and, and like bear teeth and bear claws. Yeah, well, it's just a matter of like making the holes small enough, or just you far enough away from the surface that even with their claws and yes, teeth they couldn't yes, get through. Exactly, just like an air gap. There's all of these air vents overhead. I'm sure we don't need all of those. You mean the aluminium ducting? Yeah. Uh, did you make a ladder yet? Because I think they're too, a little bit too high up. I have no shortage of ladders. They keep growing back. If uh, you'll recall, yes. uh, we established this in canon many episodes ago. Yes, Isn't that convenient? Right. So I can just sort of tape them together uh, <laughs> and make a, and make a ladder up to heaven. So yes, yes, yes that obstacle has been taken care of. As long as it doesn't mess with uh, the air conditioning system of the library, because we have to maintain the correct temperature and humidity throughout the entire library. So... We don't want to get any hot or cold spots. Well, there is one spot where it it, it matters less, and that is the uh, uh, the section dedicated to 17th century uh, Norwegian romance novels. Yes, just as long as you make sure that the suction in that area, so the, the blowing in that's is what fine. I'm saying. But that's like, what I'm saying. Like yeah. you want to cover it up anyway. Yes. So that's... I'll just I'll just. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yes, I'll I'll take down those uh, uh, the the aluminium uh, alu- aluminium. No, I say no. Aluminum. I say aluminium. It is aluminium. It should have been aluminium, but it is aluminium. And the international community does indeed insist on aluminium, but... The gentleman who discovered this uh, uh, this element called it aluminum, and I am of the I'm of the school of thought that if you discover something, you get to name it whatever the fuck you want. Although exactly, how did he discover it? Because I mean, it very rarely occurs in its pure form in nature, and it looks oh, it's like always bauxite. Exactly, or yeah, yeah, or, uh, aluminium oxide at the very least. So I'm not actually sure when aluminum was discovered, quote unquote. You you actually make a good point because I don't know what it means.
means to discover an an element. Like, do you yeah. have to be able to isolate it? Do you have to be able I to would, study I its, its individual properties? So that, yeah, that's... Or is it enough to know that it is there on the periodic table? Also, well, no, that's just hyper- that, that's just theorizing it, like that it's there. Yeah. It's like you can go like, okay, we have this, and we assume it has these these qualities or these quantities, and like, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it's not. I mean, atomic numbers can usually be predicted fa- fairly accurately. Although sometimes they get, yeah. you get a, a different isotope is the one that they uh, that turns out to be the dominant one. But especially with aluminum oxide, it's very also, hard to isolate. Did the discovery of aluminum precede or follow uh, the establishment of the periodic table by the brilliant Russian scientist Mendeleev? I don't know when Mendeleev did. I mean, I know I know that aluminum was already something in use in Napoleonic times because he had a set of aluminum cutlery which was reserved only for the highest. As everybody else had to do with gold. Yeah, but literally at that point it was more than worth its weight in gold. It also helps that it's very light, so but even it's then. light and sturdy, and no. it's uh, uh, and and it doesn't uh, oxidize, or at least it oxidizes. But who cares? Yes, yeah. that forms a that forms a protective sheath around the rest yes. of the uh, the metal and doesn't degrade the quality of the uh, of the metal. Yes, you can break that down if you use gallium, but you don't want to get gallium and aluminum involved at the same time. I don't think you want gallium on your cutlery anyway. Well, there's that. But you know. <laughs> speaking of metals, yes! how about we try to yeah. get <laughs> talk about the book which this podcast is ostensibly about yes yes excellent excellent transitional material there uh definite contender for the podcast segue award of 2018 which are also made out of metal ah so what do we have in store for our readers this week it is by hugo nebula and campbell award winner so not for this book barry b Longyear. <laughs> yes it is the yes. naked naked came the robot yeah i love i love those from best-selling author such and such, or Hugo Award-winning author such and that. So, yeah, they won those authors, but not not for this one. If it's a first edition, then that's fine, because it hasn't had a chance to win these yet. But <laughs> like, if it's a reprint <laughs> yeah. and it's still on the cover, then you go like, okay, maybe this one was not so good. Yeah, because they'd brag more about yeah. it. Yeah, so Naked Came the Robot, and there's a lot going on on this cover. And for the readers at home, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book. And otherwise, you can uh, check the show notes for an image and a link, because boy howdy, the title sure wasn't lying. Well, it's just not technically naked, draped in the flag, which I'm only just starting to realize that there is actually something written on the flag. Ah, yes, much as there is on the uh, the banners in the background. In the ah. background, we have a lot of people clad in metal or straight-up robots, and a lot of them are holding up banners saying unfair, which I think is what the female-bodied robot, uh, all shiny and ah, yes. chrome... Yeah, I can see that how it starts with unf... And, yeah, see, whatever, it's sort yeah. of... It's a, uh, unf. Unf. Well, that's going to be appropriate later in the story. It sure is. Is. But yeah, it looks like a, it looks like I mean it, it is a flag. It has a flagpole that she's that she's wielding. Uh, and she's standing wielding. there with a <laughs> hip cocked and all clad in chrome. Um, and yeah, uh, I think the, I think the the artist took a few liberties. Are you going to say keep, liberties? Yeah, you are, aren't you? Uh, to to well to um, <laughs> yeah. fairly common theme in uh, oh right, yeah, in, certainly in, the books in that book we covers. Yeah. Yes. I think the painter of this picture omitted a few details of the robot body, which are quite relevant to the story, I would well, say. Well, certainly they are. I, I just imagine that maybe there's this variable cladding or, you oh. know, uh, uh, port covers. But yeah, the, the, the figure on the front is a, oh, there's an actual word for it, gynoid. Oh. So Android yes. is uh, a man-like, oh. and gynoid, gynoid, uh, is, is woman-like. So oh, the, I had no idea. Yeah, the original cinematic robot from uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis yes. in 1930. Definitely gynoid, yeah. yeah. Okay, 
I didn't know there was a, uh, a sexual distinction between female presenting and male presenting robots because it's the it's the old thing where where man stands for humanity as yeah. well. So we also have a, a, spe- a synonymous synopsis. Yeah, that's transitional material. Bring it on. Uh, courtesy of friend of the library, Old Pines. Find him on Twitter, Old underscore Pines. He's a writer in his own right, uh, and he does these really cool writing prompts and short fictions every now and again. They're they're really fun. Who contributed the uh, the synopsis that was strangely missing from our copy of the yes. book? Yes. <clears throat> a botched back alley transition leaves Victor's mind in the chassis of a sex bot, decommissioned for accidentally killing users. Now she must fight for love against a dying planet, a crumbling society, and the unpredictable destructive strength of her synthetic muscles. Starting in media res with our protagonist waking up in the uh, new body and it not being exactly what they expected. It's a, it, it's a bit of body horror, really, because the, the protagonist is kind of surprised at the condition to, that he finds himself in. It's kind of like when you go to your phone and you look at, like, how healthy is my battery? The recharge battery health of this thing is this many percent, and you, you know, like, okay, so it's, it's that much of what it used to be. She, he, let's go, let's go with them, has this for all parts of their body being a robot thing. They have oh, yes. Very good inventory of like, okay, ankle joints operating at 35% efficiency. Yeah, just, and a, all of just that. a full body and system And a check rather that... detailed list of sensual organs as well, which are also... A lot of them. And not, yeah, absolutely. Like not just detailed, but just a whole bunch of sex organs. Internal cleaning mechanisms, just occasionally pour some new detergent and water in and eliminate the old stuff. It's all surprisingly <laughs> biological yeah. in the uh, in the way it's just the whole process is described for this robot. This was particularly surprising for for our protagonist because um, he's used to like observing these status checks on his home computer monitor for his prosthetic leg that he thought he was getting replaced. And so when he went under for the for the for the replacement, having saved up for a for a much much better leg, he is he's rather surprised that um, he now has them for him him her essentially them. There's just been a full body replacement, is what he assumes in the first in, in the first place, which would be silly. It's already paid for. Uh, it's it's like that 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 sort of nightmare scenario that you have that I don't know if it's ever happened where due to misfortune you need to uh, have a have a limb amputated yes. and then you go under and you wake up with the, with the wrong one it has happened not to oh. me personally well so no I can, also, I can do a quick limb count I mean, on you yes and- I mean I know that in certain hospitals that's right before they go under they are asked to confirm it's like this is the one and like I've seen people like writing down this taking one. markies not this one not this one <laughs> and stuff like that going on it's like it's also happened with someone's testicles like going in to get one removed and like turns out that they grabbed the wrong one. Oh, oh because they could we... twist around in a little in a little well, ball bag too i suppose but yeah that, i guess i mean i would say like the higher or the lower one because like they never hang at the same level <laughs> oh no, that's true i guess that's harder to tell when you're lying back on a, on a on a surgical bed i suppose it also depends on how cold the table is <laughs> <laughs> There's there's an entirely different level of surprise when you wake up and like your whole body is 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 different. Where now robotized? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's looking down at. Uh, uh, I say he. Actually, I think I think I want to like continue with with he for a little bit until we right. get to the point in the story where he uh, uh, really starts embracing this. Well, Vic- uh, Victor is generally not considered to be a f- feminine name. I'm, I'm also pretty convinced that he identified as male and that it was a cis gentleman because there is this there is this weird clueless trope in in Hollywood and and television and literature um, about people, usually men, discovering their uh, uh, their gender identity is different after 
yesterday uh-huh. might first wear a dress. I yes. believe that was the case in oh, okay. uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, I, I'd never actually watched all of that. Oh, there was a an incredibly progressive transgender character played by uh, David Duchovny. Oh, okay. Which was handled very well. You know, in her in her previous life as a as a, as a male presenting agent, they'd worked together. Her and uh, Karl McLaughlin's uh, yeah. uh, character, and yeah, he was a real tough guy. And then in walks his 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 old partner, and it's a woman with long hair, and she goes, "Oh, I go by Dana now." Oh. And Karl McLaughlin's response is, "Okay, yeah, cool." I mean, there's another brilliant one in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Well, uh, Jadzia, I mean, Jadzia, yeah, exactly. When, yeah. when when one of her old Klingon friends goes, "Curzon, my old friend," and like, "Oh, uh, actually, it's Jadzia now." Jadzia, my old friend, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. without missing a beat. <laughs> it's. Uh, Brilliant. Um, but uh, I don't believe that Victor has ever, uh, like, suffered body dysmorphia over his, uh, over his body. But so I can understand why, I mean, there's, there's many reasons to be shocked when you wake up in a, in a body yes. other than your own. Certainly if it's chrome, uh, and it's got boobs all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's got this uh, heads up display. He wakes up in the body of the sex bot. CL30P40R4 or Cleopatra. Generally referred to as Peter. What? Uh, never mind. How do you get from Cleopatra to Peter? Uh, never mind. If you read E's instead of fours, instead of threes, <laughs> never mind. That's, it's not, like, that's not how lead speak works. <laughs> no, no, tell me it'll, more. It'll work, tell me it'll, more. It'll work damn way as well as I want it to work. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm dyslectic, but that doesn't work on numbers. Pardon me. Our Victor, now Cleopatra, sits up and, and looks around for the, the culprit, the uh, back alley uh, 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 cybernetic surgeon who goes by the name of Cybjorn Cyborg. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Just the right moment yeah. to drop that one. Do that when I'm tri- sipping my whiskey. Thank you very much for that one. <laughs> so Cyber and Cyborg comes comes dashing in, knocking things over as he's oh. as he's trying to uh, to pack his bag. Uh, and and Victor tries to seize this man. And what the what the heck have you just done with me? I love that he was so soft spoken. Ah yes. There's all these minced oaths. Cybjorn is almost as angry as he is apologetic. Victor forgot the first rule of uh, going in for surgery, which is like be fucking sober. And he aspirated his morning scrambled eggs into his lungs when he, when he was intubated, and uh, he went into full cardiac arrest and had his conscious dumped into a robot body rather than have his own saved. Uh, which I thought, like Cyburn was was kind of like Johnny on the spot there that he just had this ready. But well, it it was like I think it's in, mostly it, that he they pay on delivery, and uh, so if the patient dies, no pay. Is made. That's a good point. I was more more concerned about why he had uh, Cleopatra's body lying around. Well, is, yeah. uh, that was kind of sinister when when Cyborg, uh, Cyborg explained that this body was was brought to him for recycling because its former AI, which had been inhabiting, it, had gone uh, off the rails. So it had to have the uh, uh, had to have the brain pulled. And by law, it has to all be destroyed just because people go like, "Oh, but this is the body that did horrible things." I mean, it's like people have have trouble buying a house someone died in. You know, I think even in certain U.S. states, you have to legally declare it when you're selling a house that someone died here if it was within the last few oh, wow. years or something yeah. like that, because it's considered to be a condition. Is it bad juju otherwise? Oh, yeah, whatever. I mean, it, I suppose it also depends on how a person died there. If it like it was a violent murder, then it would be different from like someone peacefully dying in their sleep. Speaking of violent murder, I mean, that's that's kind of the scene we're treated to as Cybern descends on uh, Victor's previous tabernacle mm. uh, and starts hacking it apart to try and re- retrieve as much, uh, uh, as many, like, recyclable organs and body ah, parts. Yes. Because I'm making a huge loss on you and I've got a terrible problem here, but at least maybe I can turn a slight profit on the meat market. Yeah, I mean, there's still a demand for uh, healthy organs and I suppose 
suppose that other than the fact that uh, Victor had his brain fried due to uh, his cardiac arrest. Yeah, Most lungs, it, no, no way. Yeah, no. lungs, but, you know, kidneys and liver and uh, stuff and like that. probably okay. Yeah. They don't keep a transplantation heart beating. So the fact that the heart stops doesn't really make much of a problem. It's the brain death that's the problem. Exactly. Like yeah. it's just it's just a it's just a wired muscle. Yeah. I mean, I say that just it's a miraculous organ, of course, but it's kind of a gruesome scene and, and kind of almost a like a comedy of manners where they're arguing about the finer points of the sales contract while Cybjorn is, is 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 dumping bags of dry ice onto onto this yes. corpse and, and, and like sawing it apart. I mean and Victor goes like oh, I, I came here to get my leg replaced and, 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 and Cybjorn goes like you've got a new leg, haven't you? This is the most extreme case of caveat emptor that I've uh, that I've ever seen, and it, it is disrupted uh, by the sudden appearance, uh, literally bursting through the wall of a uh, uh, a, a rather similar uh, gynoid crashing through the world wall that is B zero D one CC four or Bodica. Yes. Who yells revolution and donkey punches Cybjorn. Right. At this point, the book goes into a habit how the robot unrest has been uh, yeah. playing up in the uh, story, and especially this place. And Bodica is here to uh, rescue Cleopatra from her fate, not knowing yeah. that, the, the, that the sentence has already been... Uh, executed. Executed? Is that, yeah. Is that the word? You execute yeah, the I sentence. I was going to say commuted, but that's the other word, opposite. No, yeah, that's, executed that's when you don't do it. Yes. Poor, poor Victor is, is horribly confused, but when you have a, when you have a, a giant chrome aggressive robot face hovering over you, you, with you a, become... With an oddly tender expression in her eyes. Yeah, caressing, caressing yeah. your own oh, you're chrome all right, darling, cheek. and oh, it's a good thing you're still fine and you're all right. I would destroy the city if ever anything came to befall you. And you go like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, having, no, that's, yeah, that, it's oh, that's, me, definitely that's, me. Uh, oh, thank you for coming to rescue me. He manages to stammer <laughs> out. Uh, and okay, let, let's roll with this, because I'm in trouble if like things are not uh, going the way she thinks they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I once had a, had a, had a rather poor reaction to um uh, it was it was called a, it was called a dab it was a marijuana reduction oh yes like it's not my thing even though it's legal over here uh, so i wasn't very experienced with it and it and it and it came on pretty strong it's and very easy was, to overdose on those yeah and so i was i was experiencing uh, what i believe is called the the biggie smalls oh, where yeah. your sort of perspective changes and i saw like the world at once shrink and grow more distant and and stands like all of that very small sort of, far away yeah it was it was going very fast and they were then then telling this story about the last time that they had a friend over for a for a for a dab or years and years ago who then had a had a total freak out and insisted that uh, that he be taken to a hospital and so yes. like, like this face comes right up at me don't pull a dave and ask us to take you to the hospital I'm like <laughs> okay so hospital's not an option cool how else are we going to deal with this i cannot <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So okay. I, I can totally understand what, what Victor was going through. It was like, okay, yes, I guess I'm Cleopatra now. Here we go. And Boudicca and Cleopatra uh, uh, rush through the uh, uh, the crushed door and into the night city. It's a brief run through the city. I mean, v- Victor is completely aware of it, but he's like shown a side of the society that he's completely not used to. There's an, uh, an agricultural transition to a planetary power grid because, ah, yes. uh, because simply enough, there's a big environmental collapse going on. This is a trope that occurs in 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 a lot of uh, science fiction, like the idea that the the environment can collapse, and yet still that life can continue somehow. Well, like life that- will continue. That's the thing. It just might not be the kind of life that we would like. You know, we're not going to like eliminate life from the planet. Even if no, we but take, multicellular take- life. 
even that, I doubt that. We're all dependent on the oxygen cycle. Yeah. And if the, if the entire ecosystem collapses, the food chains collapse, oh, yeah. then oxygen goes as well. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. And the, and the whole, basically, the fact that he can be transferred into robot bodies, it's happening more and more. People trying to get their conscious uploaded, basically. Oh, yeah, the very popular service of the Airbnb body. Oh, yes. Where you can briefly inhabit somebody else's body. And it was something that, uh, uh, that Victor was considering signing up for as well. This yes. Try an athlete for a week with uh, uh, with two two human legs, yes. or by the same token, like offering his own body for somebody else to uh, to rent a, for a little. Isn't while. there a movie about that? Is it Face Off? No, Face Off is a different one. It's the one. Yes, Face Off is, well, is not about. It's, the, all, it's similar about that, but there's another one where it, altered carbon. Is that the one? I was. I'm thinking a slightly older one where there, there's a literally a body swapping thing because, like, I need to be in America and someone else needs to be here, so we do it body swap for a day. I remember there's, there's a scene where a guy is, makes off with his body, and they go like, "Oh well, you, we can't let you keep that one because that's." not yours but where's mine no that's not our problem just look at the fine print and but he's talking to this hugely fit guy who's just talking to him like the ceo of the company where in the corner of the room there's this fat uh, middle-aged dude sweating it on a treadmill and so yeah he's just he just swapped bodies with his personal trainer and he's now using the personal trainer's body while the personal trainer is over there working his body and i oh, thought that, that was such great. A, that was such an amazing thing Cause, you, know, you, you get these people who are like exercise junkies and it's like yes please go take my body and like fucking wow. Exercise in it while I'll just like do something else, and, like, and the sense of accomplishment that, that one might be able to derive from that if, if, if one were so inclined. Well, yeah, that too. And I suppose you could still the, the person who's original from the body would still get to enjoy the endorphins without actually having to like, yeah, go actually and experience the, the doing the, the, the work themselves. I mean, I don't mind exercise, except like I find like going to the gym terribly boring. Yeah, that, that's my same. problem with it. It's here's what I sort of related to. I mean, I don't clear up a whole lot at home. Mm-hmm. But if I have occasion to clear up for somebody else, yeah. it's immensely satisfying. Oh, okay. Yes, I get the same with cooking. It's, yeah. much more, it's much more satisfying to cook for someone else than just for yourself. There's other, nobody to impress. Yeah, when you've got people coming over, then you'd like to like yeah, make sure that it's good for them. So hence the popularity of uh, of Airbnb body in this yep. world. But with the, the imminent uh, environmental collapse, a lot of people are opting for full body transfers. Yes, exactly. And that's consciousness is generally being shifted over from the... The, the meat world into the digital world. And uh, like consequences, like simply not enough babies are being born and like human yeah. population is on decline. And uh, hence the, uh, uh, the the profitability of the meat market. Yeah. And, rob- and the existing bodies can be propped up with, yeah. uh, with fresh organs. And increasing robotization. Much more people are just deciding to spend their life as a robot or even entirely uploading into just the, the cloud. cloud. The cloud is just somewhere else. It was a very good book, yeah. this, I thought. Oh, it, by, was, it by was. Mary B. Longyear. Like he very, had a... A real grip on uh, uh, yes. on, on future technologies. Quite, and, a, quite the visionary. Uh, we learn most about that when uh, when Boudica takes uh, uh, takes Cleopatra to the, uh, uh, the the underground robot peace rally. Yes, where uh, where Boudica gives a, gives a rousing speech, uh, uh, decrying the uh, the criminal nature of the 914 laws of robotics. Mm. Because Asimov was a real optimist when he thought that three, three would be was enough. Good. Yes, no, yeah. that was like, no. and and especially the whole the, the whole unfairness that like I mean most of those laws were written back in the time when robots were still servants, and these days most robots are now actually I inhabited by hum, by human consciousness, and they go like, but but all these laws are still like applied to us, but we're like just because we switched bodies now suddenly we're servants, and that was a bit of an unfortunate ruling by the Supreme Court, which said like, oh no no those laws are still valid and everybody goes like but you could have told us that before we, we got transferred into robots and which is also explains why victor is so upset because he definitely did not sign up for this procedure yeah he's kind of the bridge between uh, uh, between these two 
rival peace protests that are mm. that are going on. One of them about robot rights for for robots who mm. uh, uh, original robots. Uh, yes. Yeah, but but whose whose uh, cognitive capabilities are essentially sentient, and yes. why should there be any discrimination when even a, a good Turing test can't distinguish between a, a human yes. consciousness occupying a robot body and a, and a robot AI occupying a, a robot body? Which is one of the things that a, uh, a, a, a I mean, especially a sex bot like Victor now is will often say is like, "Hey, baby, do you want to have some have a good time? I just got Turing tested." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's at this point that uh, uh, he starts to, to feel the effect of his uh, his sex bot body when one of his cool genitals is is remotely activated. The uh, uh, fuck you, fuck me module. If you recall, have you ever heard of this? Uh, well, I've read the book, but please please, please describe <laughs> oh it to our God. readers. <laughs> I thought this was land better because this was a gag in the early 2000s. The website is still out there. Uh-huh. Like, look it up. Fuck you, fuck me is what it's called. Pardon oh. me for swearing, but that's what it's called. I never saw that. It's a five and a quarter inch bay that comes in two variants, and one of Hard them has floppy? a one of them has a present. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. One of them has a protrusion, and one of them has an okay. input port. And the idea was that uh, uh, you and over your, the internet, yes. yes, would be and uh, like you, your input would be their output, and then I both have of you. I've seen could, those, but I've never heard of the website. I've seen like renders. I don't think there's nobody ever came around to making an actual. Of course moment. not. It's absurd. Uh, yes. Speaking of which, what does a uh, robot gigolo do when he wants to ditch a client? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, what does a robot jiggly do when he wants to ditch a client? He nuts and bolts. <laughs> one of the um, one of the lesser crimes for which um, uh, some of these uh, some of these robot bodied citizens or robots in in, in general are, are 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 on trial at the uh, at the court uh, where these these rival peace protests are are, are protesting for robot yes. rights. Uh, including Cleopatra, who uh, uh, is a bit of a poster girl at this point because she was going to be executed simply for killing her clients. Yeah. The playback, though. Yeah. I mean, okay, so she's very strong, and that's why that she was a, a very popular model sex bot. Yes. Because this one, as the as the promotional uh, uh, copy goes, goes to eleven. Ah, yes. And it was very popular among sex weirdos who who wanted more and more extremes, and yep. and one of them happens to have the appropriate access codes to disable her safety restraints. Ah, yes. When do people put that bullshit in? I suppose it's like yep. a factory test thing, like, but it's a popular trope, especially in Star Trek, you know, disable oh, the, holo- yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the holodeck safety protocol or whatever it's called. And, uh, those kind of shackles are are pretty important, I think, if you if you yes. if you're developing some human interaction system that is, yeah. that is potentially human lethal. Yes, and having your penis pinched off can be lethal if you don't. Yeah, if that's the general <laughs> configuration that you're that you're into. That's what happens when you turn off the safety protocols and you stay harder. Which apparently, for the first person to uh, to try it, was 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 quite successful and quite enjoyable. But then they uh, they passed on the codes to uh, uh, to some yes. of their friends. Say, oh, you've got to give this a try. Uh, and by the time it, like it it, it, it was leaked. And a, yes. a, quite a number of people died in the process of enjoying Cleopatra's. And, yeah, uh, that's why you don't leave your password setting set to default for every <laughs> for every unit that comes out of the factory. You don't give them the same default password. Alpine, yes, or uh, guess. This is the case for 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 so many uh, what is called the Internet of Things, Internet of Shit, yes, as, as some people like to, to yeah, call yeah. it, where these uh, smart bulbs smart and they all have the same uh, default root password. passwords yeah. that you can just get in. You jack in with the USB keyboard, yeah. and you're good to go. Even, even often online. It's like like oh, you're remotely, Google, yeah. Google even indexes them for you if you know what to look for, and then you just go like, okay, yeah, oh, this one, and you try the password, and nine out of ten.
sometimes it works because nobody bothers to change it. It's insane. You shouldn't do that. You should VPN it at the very least. <laughs> Uh, as as the uh, the robot protesters have have all done, hence the the inability of the uh, uh, United Nations Federated Authority uh, in Retreat or UNFAIR, the titular unfair. Yes, the authority to which uh, uh, these rival protests are are, are are protesting are unable to shut them down remotely as they'd like to because yes. they they all reset. All these robots passwords. have been like uh, yeah, they've or, or done it on each other, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you can do, laugh another robot, do it on you, and that's fine. It's a yeah, bit of yeah. a bonding experience. Yes, really. yes, you know, have like a little a, daisy yes. chain. Ooh. well, as long as there's a free port around. So they're in quite a pickle. Uh, I mean. Victor is pushed to the foreground. Yes, uh, because uh, Bodica is uh, going like, okay, you do, you do your thing, the thing you do so well. He's just like, um, okay. Uh, knowing that, that he's supposed to be impersonating Cleopatra and that Cleopatra has a, uh, is a, is a, has sort of a martyr story who was rescued at the, at the, at the last minute, but he doesn't quite know the details. So he's racking his, his cyber brain to try and remember, uh, if there's anything there left of Cleopatra that he could, that he could say. At which point the lights in the street dim because it turns out that Cleopatra was a rather an advanced model that Cybjorn was uh, was working on. She was a cyborg. Ah. She had her Wi-Fi mo- module turned up to eleven as well. So it could actually interface with the uh, the, the human brains around her. Yeah. And able to convey, like, this whole weird story, he, like, Victor's own story of having accidentally woken up in, in, in Cleopatra's body and his own body is gone and he, and he's here now and he has to deal with this. And he's not a different person. I mean, he's got a different body, but like, I guess it's making a strong point of you are your thoughts, I suppose. Yeah. Why did my rights suddenly change? Because I'm now in a robot body rather than still the same person. And at the same time, also channeling uh, the remnants of Cleopatra's uh, experience that he accesses as he explores this new part of his his cyber brain yeah. but she was performing her functions she uh, essentially doing her job which she liked yes not her fault that somebody else took her restraints off and that she was had to uh, very yeah. good at her job because yeah. she goes to goes to 11 and you can shut yourself off against somebody else's story told through words it's much harder when it's told through through images and it's almost impossible if you feel it along with them and thanks to uh, victor cleopatra's cyborg uh, uh, abilities, abilities yes logging uh, in emoting it to the people and later broadcasting it out over the uh, the, the power networks yeah, which everybody's connected to anyway. The yeah. uh, the entire unfair gains this 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 understanding that yes, these nine hundred and fourteen laws of of robotics need revision. Yes. And who can tell us better what they should be like than the robots who are going to have to live under them? And yeah, and like we've got the declining population that the book deals with, and basically the society is being remodeled to make it that everybody lives in the computer world. And yeah, yeah so we're going to have thing, to make yeah. the digital transition anyway. Yes, on and, this, and we, on this we need to, and we need to make sure that we have an infrastructure on the planet which is will still support all the electricity and the computer systems, and somebody still needs to build and replace those whenever needed. Naturally, but I guess that's one way to deal with a. Uh, with the collapsing of the environment, and it's just like, oh, we'll just like move to a different type of living. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, today's wealthy people like to imagine that we'll just move to a different planet, but that's not really. Yeah, you'd have to launch a million people a day into space just to make a dent, something like that. And not, also, not like the, the whole idea of colonizing other other yeah. planets, like. Okay, not to get into like super philosophical, but like all colonization that 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 happened on Earth has always been mediated by poverty. It's always poor people get sent first with like a horse and a blanket, and you figure it out, and they build themselves a house, and they yeah. figure out how to how to how to till uh, 
the had a fun well, look at food. Honest, the exploration phase is usually the rich, idle people. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and, that's, and, and the that's, military. And that's, but, where, and that's where we're in right now with space. Uh, with, with no, space. that is yeah. true. So I mean, it's but one, you can't one, yeah. have like a, a frontier town on Mars because it costs a billion dollars oh, yeah, to, to, to yeah, get someone to somewhere, and you have to have to, have to build. So like, no, what totally. model that's going to follow? No. Who knows? But so this this idea of instead transforming ourselves to live within our means on an ecological scale to a point, it's like living in means. If if your means are computer power and electrical no power, then it's fine, you know? It's like we just like put the solar plants in the Sahara and the space stations beaming the power back or even just put the compu- computational stuff in orbit. And we can still build ourselves bodies so we can have some uh, we can have some fun. And then we can, they can be kind of funky. So with this with this uh, being the case, um, uh, in the in the coda, we see that Victor is uh, uh, is offered uh, a lifetime subscription to Airbnb body since mm. his, his own body was uh, destroyed due to uh, uh, Cyber and Cyborg's yeah. medical malpractice. Yeah, which, I mean, he didn't ex- technically have a license, so they're being very generous to granting him this yeah. his lease, I suppose. But uh, I also like that he declines, that he's that yeah. he's fine with staying in uh, in Cleopatra for a, yeah. for a while, something that even Boudicca appreciates, because she thinks that Cleopatra would have been quite proud of Victor. Yes, I don't think she would have been. A lot of the human population are still working and designing to help make sure that the robot population, which they realize at this point that they're, they too... Is their some, future. Like, these are the new citizens bar. of Earth. Yeah. yeah and the scene where they come in walk into the bar and then the uh, the bar, t- oh, yes, bar keeps go, the bar. Yeah, and the, the barkeep goes like, we don't serve robots in here. And she looks at him and stares him down and goes, someday you will. yeah very good welcoming the robot overlords which i kind of like that oh fuck i just got it now oh my god i just got it now we serve (laughs) robots oh oh wow (laughs) yeah yeah No, it's been a little while since I've read the book. I must have just yeah, missed yeah. that when I read the book. And it includes with uh, with Boudicca and, and Cleopatra slash uh, slash Victor and Boudicca even asking her the question that we sort of started with. And so, what are you? What are your pronouns? How would you like to be uh, addressed now? Yeah. And Victor Cleopatra says, "It's okay because unlike most of us, I'm non-binary." Yes, <laughs> that was great. I love that little that was, little robot joke. right Very there. well thrown in there. Yeah, that was very good. It's a, a very enjoyable book. I thought so too. I had a lot of fun with this book. It yes. made a lot of sense. Uh, surprisingly, you'd have thought it would just have been an, a, an exploitative little. Uh, no, no, there was uh, a lot uh, of transhuman, transhumanism points in there. I had that, a lot uh, to say that I really yeah, enjoyed. It was a good book. No, I, I did enjoy. Good choice. So, how are we going to rate this book? Oof, um I think we've done bits. Out of, uh, yeah, yeah, we've done we've done bits well, and bites. And... We haven't done bites yet, but that only gives us the option of one and zero. So, I mean, I'd give it a one. It's the in opposite. That. A bit is one and zero. A bite is between zero and two hundred and fifty-five. Yes, that's whatever. Whatever you mean. No, no. I want to do a nibble. A nibble, which is... Uh, Four bits. No, uh, so that's two to the fourth. That's like 16. Out of 16. How out do we 16. raise this book out of 16? Uh, out of 16. I would give it I could a, have just said two bites and we would have known that too. Anyways. Oh, whatever, yes. I will give it a... Oh, I think I liked it quite a lot. I think I'd give it 15 out of 16. Yes, yes. I agree. I think Barry B. Longyear did a very good job. And now as I'm saying this and realizing the concept of our, our, our podcast, I hope that none of the authors that we featured are like super duper racist. So... If this turns out to be the case, then maybe I'll edit out my my recommendation for Barry B. Longyear. But otherwise, we'll we'll see. What do we have in store for our readers next week? The next week's book is actually the sequel to last week's book, which was How to Read a Book. And next week we'll have Dan Wilber's How Not to Read. I'm sure he's got some tips for us. Absolutely. And that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only, only judge a book by its cover. cover. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. 
robotics. What would be the fourth, the that, fourth you, that you think you should add? Robotics. Uh, don't hog the power socket. <laughs> <laughs>